Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody doing well? Good, good. All right, all right, all right, all right. Well, this is always the week after Easter is a little bit like, you know, you've got some people that are on vacation and some people are going here and there. And, and, uh, but man, this weekend, we're glad that you're here, that you're with us. We want to big, give a big shout out today to our Appleton campus, to our Milwaukee campus, to the Germantown campus, online campus, Brookfield campus. Can you help me just welcome everybody? We're doing a two-week series, and so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, it's going to be on the screen when we get there if you don't have a Bible, but if you do, I'm going to ask you to turn there. And we're doing a series because after an, an Easter weekend where you really have a lot of life change, uh, there were dozens of people that gave their life to Christ last weekend uh, that filled out cards in the whole deal. Uh, we had record attendance at every campus uh, overall, at all the campuses were that way, but at every campus, it was just a great great weekend, a great celebration. And then, um, and then to come back on a weekend like this, it's, there's a lot of life changes taking place. And so what I want to do this weekend and next weekend, I hope that you'll join me for both of those weekends, is I want to come back and we're going to discuss this whole subject of change. How do I create change in my life? How do I sustain change in my life? What does that mean in my life? Because here's what I know. It's direction, not intention, that equals your destination. It's your direction in life, not your intention, that equals destination. You can want to all day long, but if you're not in the right direction, if you're not doing the right things, if you don't have the right disciplines in your life, you're never going to get really where you intend to go. And so I just want to today to kind of open that up this week and next week and as we start this new series called How To. And so... Um, what I want to do is, 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 is focus just on the, on the whole aspect of change today. You know, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 51.10, David writes these words, creating me a clean heart, O God. And we've all said that from time to time, whether it was at salvation or whether it's, it's in our walk with Christ or even as we're just kind of going along. Because sometimes we get off the rail, sometimes we sin, sometimes we fail and fall short of the glory of God. And so we come back and say, oh God, help me and, and create in me and, and help me to be what you want me to be. Help me to be what I want you, what, what I want to be in you. And, and so all change though, it begins with one thing. It begins with desire. All change begins with desire. You gotta want to change for something to happen. You gotta want to have that change in your life. You gotta want to do that for that to happen. But, but change also is a process. And that's something we don't like. Change is a process. And so I want you to think about those two things. So it begins with desire. That's the easy, that's the low hanging fruit. But then there's a process to it. Which means, you know, like if I'm going to lose weight, I, I can't just like have somebody lay hands on me and pray and hold on to my belt, right? And it just is going to fall off because it just doesn't work that way. Trust me, I've tried. And it doesn't work that way. If, 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 I'm, trying to, if I'm trying to get out of debt, I, I'm trying to put, put money away in, in savings and have kind of an emergency fund. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's a process. If there's trouble in a relationship, you're dealing with people. It doesn't just change overnight. There, there, there may be a catalytic point. There, there may be a, a beginning point, but, but there's going to be this process that's going to take. And that process is where we typically derail. That process is where direction goes in a, in, in, in a different way than what our intention is. We intend to make the change. We intend to get out of debt. We intend to save money. We intend to repair the relationship. We intend to start the new habit and the new discipline. But our direction, our action is completely different. 
And where we lose that is in that process piece. And so today I, I wanna look at just some steps for change. And Paul talks about this in the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse 21. And he says this, all truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse 24, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. Now those four verses give us all that we need to have not just desire, but allow the process and the direction in our life to take place in order to see change and keep change happening. So the process that we go through to change, there's, 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 two, there's two steps. One, choice. I know that sounds really, really close to desire, but it's one thing to desire something, it's another thing to choose something. I have to choose. According to this passage, I'm gonna unpack this. I've gotta choose. There's gonna be three questions I'm gonna give you today that I'm gonna have you write down for you to reflect and, and for you just to think about. Matter of fact, at the end of the message today, we're gonna have at every campus, we're gonna have the, a band come back and, and they're, they're gonna lead and, and do a song. It's gonna be a time of reflection. Why? Because there's a choice for you to make. There's a choice for you to kind of marinate on what you're thinking about and what's going on and, and what you want to do with your life. Because it's your life. Look, if, if the Holy Spirit and Christ, Jesus, will not push their will on you, neither will I or anybody else at Life Church. It's a choice. It's what Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Choice, not just desire. A lot of people desire to do good, but they never choose it. A lot of people desire to stop doing bad, but they never choose. A lot of people want or desire to live a life for Christ, but they never choose. And they never say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and be my Savior. So it begins with a choice. And then the second thing is, is action. It's action. It's going to take a step. Now, remember, the Bible doesn't talk that we, we, we walk in leaps of faith, but we do walk in steps of faith. And so it takes a step because faith without action is dead. I'm gonna make a choice and I'm gonna begin to make a, make, take an action point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a choice and I'm gonna have an action point. I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna master the moment here. I'm, I'm going to do what I've gotta do in this moment. I'm going to make a choice and decision then I'm gonna begin to walk in that direction. I'm gonna begin to, to go in that direction. So how do you do that? That's, that's, that's the million dollar question. And Paul answers it right here. He tells us, tells us that there's three things that you've got to do in this process. Once you've chosen to follow Christ and you've chosen to make a decision to do this and you've chosen to live your life for him and you've chosen to go in this right direction, then there are three basic steps, three basic processes, three basic thoughts, three basic questions that you've got to ask yourself. The first is off with the old. It's real simple, off with the old. Verse 22 says this, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. You put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. This put off phrase 
is uh, in the Greek, in the original language that Paul would have been writing this in, it, it's, it's a word picture. It's an illustration of taking off an old garment. It's a choice that I'm going to divest myself. I'm going to take off. I'm going to, to take this off the way I would take off a jacket. I'm literally going to take it off. I'm, I'm just going to completely take it off and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put it over here. I'm going, to, I'm going to take this off and I'm going to lay it down. I, I'm, I'm making a choice that I no longer want to wear this. And I, so I'm going to take this garment and I'm going to take it off and I'm going to put it aside. That's what he's saying. You need to, based on your choice and your decision, whatever, to follow Christ in this particular passage, is you need to take off the old man and put him aside. So what's the old man? The old man is my old way of thinking prior to coming to faith in Christ. It's the flesh. It's that what's in me which is corruptible, that which is sinful, that which is the former conduct, he says, the, the way I used to live, the way I used to think, the way I used to act. It's that old person. I'm going to take that off and put that aside. I'm literally going to make a choice that, you know what, I'm going to quit talking that way. I'm going to quit watching that. I'm going to quit uh, 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 taking that. I'm going to quit involving myself in that. I'm going to quit going there. I'm going to quit hanging out with them. I'm going, I'm going to take that lifestyle off like I would a garment and I'm going to put it aside. What's interesting to me about that is that God doesn't do that for you. Ooh, that's deep. He doesn't do that for you. He gives you and I the power of choice, the power of decision. You're a free moral agent. You're not a rock'em sock'em robot. God is not controlling you from some cosmic heavenly joystick. You have the power to choose. You have the power to choose what you're going to do, what you're going to say, how you're going to act. I, I understand people deal with addictions and they deal with, they, they, they deal, they, they deal with things that are controlling in their life. But here's what we know according to scripture, not my words, his words, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that I can do all things according to Christ who strengthens me, that I will overcome by the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross. We celebrated that at Easter and he rose from the grave. Amen. That so I will overcome by that and by the word of my testimony. So my speaking of that and believing in that and choosing of that will give me the strength and the power to do what? Take off the old man. But I have to make a choice. I've got to make a decision to quit watching that. I've got to make a decision to quit hanging out with him. I've got to make a decision to quit that behavior. I've got to make a decision to put the donut down. Amen? Can I get a witness in that? You know what I'm talking about? I have to make a choice. I've got to take that old man, whatever the old man is, whatever your kryptonite is. And I've got to lay the old man aside. So the question I have for you with this point of action is what do I need to stop? That's what you need to ask yourself. Write that question down. What do I need to stop? What do I need to quit doing? And this isn't deep, but, but, but when you walk this through and you self-reflect on this and you process, you answer this of yourself, this can be powerful. What do I need to stop? What part of the old man do I need to take off? What do I need to stop doing? Because where's what you're doing? Every day you're going to picking that up and you're putting it on like a garment. Every day you're going to picking up, you're putting it on like a garment and you're keeping it on. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You need to make a choice and a decision to, to take, go through the process of taking off that garment and laying it aside. You need to stop wearing that. Stop choosing that. And when you find yourself with that garment on you, take off the old man, take off the flesh, take off the past, take off the failures, take off the sin and put it aside and stop. Make a decision to stop. 
Now, let me help you with this. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm not talking about will. I'm not talking about self-help. I'm saying Jesus Christ has given you power over death, hell, and the grave, but you have to make a decision. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like, the fl- like a flood, God will raise up a standard against him? No. It says, but if you will submit yourself to God first, when the enemy comes in like a flood, then God will raise up a standard. You have to make a choice to submit yourself unto God. God, right now I'm having an overwhelming sensation and desire to want to do something that's sinful, that's wrong, going back to this old nature. I have this desire to want to put back on this garment and put it back on, and I'm choosing to take this garment off and to put it aside, and I'm going to choose to stop that behavior and ask for you to give me strength because your word says that you will give up a standard. You will stop. You will... Basically, it's like damming up the water of a river that you will stop the enemy from coming into my life and you'll give me strength. But God's not just gonna automatically do that for you because you prayed a prayer. No, God's gonna ask you for every day of your life, for every moment in your life to make that decision, to make that choice and to simply just, what do I need to stop doing? Maybe it's places that you're going on your phone. Maybe it's conversations that you're having. Maybe it's where you drive. Maybe it's haunts that you go to to hang out. Maybe it's friendships and relationships. I don't know what it is. I'm not the Holy Spirit, but you do. What are the things in your life that you need to stop doing? Even if you are saying, man, I'm, I'm, I'm living pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to hell. I'm, I'm not. But, but, I, but are you where you wanna be in Christ? Are you where you want to be in your walk with the Lord? Is there anything that's, what comes on you? What is that thing that, man, I just have a hard time with the quiet time. I, I, I have a hard time with reading the word. I, I just have a hard time sometimes with just really with being consistent in my giving or consistent with, with, with applying my talent. I, I sometimes have a, what do I need to stop doing? Second choice or action for change is you've got to change your mind. Change your mind. That's the second thing is to change your mind. I want you to look at it in verse 23 again. And he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So change means to renew. Be changed in the spirit of your mind. What does a renewed spirit of mind look like? So glad you asked that question. Look back at verse 21. He says, for the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. So the spirit of a renewed mind, what does it look like? It looks like Jesus. It looks like following Jesus. And I know this sounds really elementary, but let's just, I didn't write the book. I'm just telling you what he says. It's, it's, that, it's that choosing to follow him, choosing to imitate him. In the book of Acts chapter 11, verse 26, and they first called them Christians in Antioch. It, Christian means to be Christ-like. That word's kind of gotten, it's kind of lost some of its luster because Christians have been, that word has been so taken and used in so many different ways that it doesn't have quite the sterling meaning that it used to have. It still means the same thing, but, but I like to use the word or the kind of compound word of Christ follower. I'm just following Jesus. I'm just inviting you to follow me as I follow Jesus. You're not following me, we're all just following Jesus. 
I'm not your leader. I'm not your God. I'm not your savior. It's Jesus. We're just simply going and I'm just pointing. I'm just doing what Andrew did to his brother, Peter. And that's come and meet this man who changed me and told me everything that I knew and changed my life. I'm, I'm just choosing to follow Jesus. So what does that look like to have that renewed mind, that renewed spirit? It, it, it means that I have that, I'm following him. So if I have the mind of Christ, I'll have the life of Christ. If, if, if my mind is renewed according to God's word, then I will begin to respond the way the word says I should respond, which is how Jesus would respond. Because John chapter one says that Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus. So when I follow God's word, I'm following Jesus. When I think like the word, I'm thinking like Jesus. When I think like Jesus, I'm thinking like the word. When I'm following Jesus, I'm following the word. Does that make sense? They're, they're synonymous. The word and Jesus are one and the same. And so, so, so the question is, what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say? How, how do I act? How do I respond in this moment? Now, how do I feel? Not how do I want to act? But, but, but what's the right action? What, what's, how, how does it look like? What, what, what does it mean? Because if I get the mind of Christ, I'm going to have the life of Christ. But it all begins up here. And I know sometimes, man, you may think, bro, there's a circus going on in my head. Join the club. Like if people really knew the crazy thoughts that I have, like I, join the club. Join the club. It's, we, we have this mind that God's given us. But we've got to, according to what Paul will go on to write into the church in Romans, it says that we've got to renew our mind. We've got to be transformed. We transform our life by the renewing of our mind. The mind is critical. So my heart is regenerated at salvation. Romans chapter six, Romans chapter seven, Romans chapter eight talks about this. My heart is regenerated and changed. It's redeemed at salvation, but I'm still having to deal with my stinking thinking that comes out in my life. So how do I make those changes? Well, it begins with the decision to follow Christ in my heart, but then from there, it transforms from into my mind and how I think, and then from my mind and how I think is how I live. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so how I think and how I view and my perspectives and, and my worldview and, and my thinking will, will completely change and frame how I live and do life. I say this all the time with leaders. When I get around leaders, I want to know why you do what you do. I'm not interested in your action. I want to know your thinking. Because if I can know the process of your thinking, I can do what you do. If I can get around you, I don't care if you're, if you're in the C-suite of a Fortune 500 company, if you own your own company, if you're a young entrepreneur, if, if I want to know how you think. I want to know what's ticking in your head. I want to know the circus that's going on in your mind because how you're thinking it determines and tells me how you get where you're going. Because if I can think the way you think, I can do what you do every day of the week. It's the reason why I read so much. Because here's what I know, there's a psychology behind it. And every writer, the most crystallized thoughts that they have is going to be edited down into a form of a book. And so that's going to give me the very crux of what they're thinking. Therefore, whether I believe it or I don't believe it is a different conversation, but it lets me know what they think. And so then I can, can get into that and that can change me, if I want to begin to think that way, it lets me know how. That's the same thing with the Bible. That's the reason why that we read God's word and we read God's word and we read God's word because the reading of God's word gives us the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ gives us the life of Christ. See, it's not about me looking like, it's not like me going to get in a robe, right? Like a white robe, like a baptismal robe and putting a sash on and wearing Birkenstocks and going, do I look like Jesus? That's what a lot of Christians do. No, 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 don't try to, it's how does he think? 
Well, how, why does he have this rhythm of prayer? Why did Jesus have this rhythm of getting alone? Why did he have this rhythm of talking in parables? Why, why did he do this? Why did he talk about an open table? Why did he, the way he thinks shows me how he lives. It's the why. The why always informs the what. The, I, the why always informs the how. And so, and so the reality is we look, see the law, the rights and wrongs of the Bible, they're not gonna give you the life of Christ. Rules and guilt and shame and condemnation and being unhappy with your life and wanting to desire uh, uh, to, uh, to, to, to change, that, that, that's not gonna give you the life of Christ. No, 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 because the law was incapable. The law was incapable. All the law showed us, the Old Testament showed us is that we're a sinner in need of a savior. But when we get into Christ and we're in him, all of a sudden we began to see the way he thinks. We begin to see, his, I love what John chapter one says, and the word became flesh. It's like the Bible in, in three dimension. It, it's, it's alive and it's well. And so it, it changes us. And so here's the question I want you to ask yourself. Do I want to become like Jesus? It may sound like a crazy question, but do I want to become like Jesus? What do you mean, Aaron? I, I'm not asking you, do you wanna dress like Jesus? I'm not asking you, do you want to put on your Sunday best for a weekend service at Life Church? So that Pastor Jeff sees you at Appleton and goes, hey, it's great to see you, man. You look like Jesus. Or Pastor Robert sees you at, at the Milwaukee campus. Hey, man, I see you looking like Jesus. No, 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 no. Do you really want to change the way you think to really become like Jesus? Do you really want to become less of you and more of him? Do you really want to love God so much that it really changes and alters the way you live life? Where you spend your time? Where you spend your, your, your energy? Where you spend your resources? Do you, do you really, and that's a gut question. That's not a question. That's a very intimate, private question. But I want you to think about that. Do I really want to become like Jesus? Or is me giving my life to Christ just fire insurance to save me out of hell? Or do I really want to be more like Jesus? Do, do I really want to love people like that? Because that's messy. You hear me? I mean, loving people is messy. Do, do I really want to do that? It, it takes a lot of time. If you're going to deal with people, I'm just telling you, people take a lot of time. They're, they're not a machine. They talk back and they don't always act right. And Right? Don't point. It's not nice. I mean, this is right. It's just... We're all jacked up. We're, we we're all have this tag that should say irregular. It's like we're at an outlet mall. That's, we all are that way. And on our best days, we're never as good as what people say we are. And on our bad day, our worst day, we're never as bad as people say we are. You're not as good as people say that you are. But you're not as bad as they say you are either. Do you really wanna become more like Jesus? Do you really want to give up whatever's holding you back to really become like Jesus? Do you want to give up the sin? Let's just call it for what it is. Do you want to give up the sin really to become closer to Jesus? Do you really want to give up money and prestige and power to follow him if that's what it takes? May not, but it may be like the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus. This isn't a parable. It's an actual account. It comes to Jesus and says, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And he says, he says, you sell everything you have and give it to the poor. 
And the Bible says he, he drops his head in sorrow and he walks away because he could not let go of things. Nothing wrong with having things, but something wrong when things have you. See, he really didn't want to become like Jesus. He just wanted to go to heaven. That's a lot of people in our world today. It's a lot of Christians in churches today. We really don't want to become like Jesus. We really don't want to be in the messiness of somebody else's life. We, we really don't want to be in a Bible study. We really want to change our life. We don't really want to change our talk. We don't want to change our speech. We don't want to change our walk. And I'm not judging anybody. Trust me, I'm the worst of anybody in this room. I'm just simply saying there are times where we just, we don't really want to be like Jesus. And that's my question. Because if you don't, then don't waste your time or mine or anybody else's. And just play games with God. It's called being a hypocrite. But if you really want to be like Jesus, it's not about perfection. It's about getting into the word and letting the word get into you and beginning to think the way he thinks and begin to understand how he thinks and begin to let that transform you and begin to have conversations. Isn't that what prayer is? Prayer is you talking to Jesus and being able to have conversations between you and the Lord and having these conversations and saying, God, help me. And here's what's going on. And even if I have to just every day give that sin and every day give that struggle and every day submit myself to the Lord so that he raises up a standard, I do that because I just wanna become more like him. And the third statement, the third choice, the third action is simply this. It's on with the new. On with the new. Verse 24. And put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So the same way that we take off the old man, that garment, it's the same word picture that we put on. It's like I'm going to my closet today and I'm making a choice. Am I going to put on the old man or am I going to put on the new man? It's not a fragrance. It's not a cologne. I'm not getting a little hint of the old man or a hint of the new man. It's literally, am I going to clothe myself in the old man? Am I going to clothe myself in my old way of thinking? Am I going to clothe myself in my old attitudes? Clothe myself in my old actions? Or am I going to choose to clothe myself in the new man? I'm, I'm going to put on the new man. Well, what, what's the new man? What is that? Well, he says it's created in the image of God. So it's acknowledging that you are made in God's image and in God's likeness. Therefore, nothing is impossible in your life. See, a new man asks this question. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a sinner? Or do you see yourself as a son of the house? It's totally different. If I'm a sinner, I'm not worthy. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be perfect enough. I'm never going to. But if I'm a son of the house, I have refrigerator rights. You know what I'm talking about? As a son of the house, I was just at my mom and dad's this week. And I, I went down for a couple of days. My, my dad called me. My mom will be watching this online. Hi, mom. And watching. And, and, and my dad gave me the thing. Hey, do you know how to get to our house anymore? I mean, we've seen each other and mom and dad over, the, but we've, I haven't been there in, in almost a year. And so it was just like, it's just been a crazy last 12 months. And so I had some time. And so I, I, I hopped a quick flight and went down and man, I had all the fried food I could and I did all that. But I walk into that house. I don't have to ask, can I open the refrigerator and drink milk? Now I still can't drink it out of the jug. My mother will get on to me for that. But I got refrigerator rights. Why? Because I'm a son of the house. If I need to run to the store and say, hey, dad, where's the keys to the truck? Because I'm a son of the house. Mom, where, where's this at? I'm a son of the house. Hey, mom, can you get, pick this up for me? I'm a son of the house. Hey, mom, can you make some extra biscuits tomorrow and the next day? Amen. Glory to God. I'm a son of the house. 
But sometimes we come to church and we think, well, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. I'm... All you're doing is you just got that old garment on, just hanging on to that because maybe you're not going to be good enough and maybe it's not going to work. And instead of saying, no, I'm going to put that on and I'm going to put on a new garment. In the, in, the, in, the, in the parable of the prodigal son, what does the father do when the son comes home? Puts a new robe on him, puts a signet family ring on his finger and new shoes on his feet. Why? Because he's not a slave. He's not a servant. He's not a hired hand. He is a son of the house. And that's how God sees him. That's how God sees you. And every time you walk in and you've got that old garment on, why are you doing that? <coughs> why, why? No, 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 you're creating the image and likeness of God. Righteousness and holiness, it's not found in you, it's found in Jesus. But he, the Bible says, went to the cross, who knew no sin, became sin for you and I, so that we might become the righteousness of God. So it's a mindset. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. What do I need to start? What do I need to start? What in my life do I need to put on? Is it the mindset of Christ? Is it the image of Christ? What in my life do I need to put on? What do I need to start doing? Maybe you need to pick up a soap journal as you leave today at any one of the campuses and literally go by and just pick that up because we start a brand new season in that on May 1 and just pick one of those up and just begin to journal along and, and get into God's word and just read two chapters a day. And it's just that soap stands for scripture. We read two chapters a day. Observation, what, what, what are you seeing? Sometimes I don't see anything. Sometimes I see more than I've got pages to write. Application, what's this saying to me? And then prayer. It's powerful sometimes when you just write out your prayers. Just write them out. What do I need to start? Maybe I need to get involved in a ministry. Because remember, you're created to be a river, not a reservoir. God wants to flow through you to touch somebody else. And the more that you give, the more that he will fill. Maybe you just need to get in a small group, in a life group, and begin to grow. Maybe you're brand new in your life and, and your faith in Christ, you need to be in life track and just begin that journey of what does it mean to be a new follower of Christ? Maybe you need to start some new friendships and some new relationships. Maybe you need to leave your job. Maybe it's that radical and go somewhere. I don't know. But what do you need to start in order to be what God's called you to be? to do what God's called you to do, to create sustainable change in your life. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you today for your people. I thank you today for the simplicity of this epistle that you wrote to the church in Ephesus. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just simply, you would just simply just minister and move in these few moments that we have today. Speak to our hearts, speak to our lives as we reflect upon your word in Jesus' name, amen.